Hey there, and welcome to High Vibe In It. I'm Lindsay Robinson, hypnotherapist and success mindset expert. And I'm Kelsey Aida, inspirational author and blogger slash manifesting expert. And we're best friends who are inspired to create a self-development podcast with a spiritual twist. To us, living a high vibe life is all about creating with intention, prioritizing how you feel, and making empowered choices that support your highest potential. Every week, we're here to help you learn how to live a more aligned, inspired life, start owning your power, and manifest the life of your dreams. Visit highvibeinit.com to connect with us on social media and learn about more ways we can help. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. Now, we have a ton of value to offer you today, so let's dive in. If you are someone who is on the self-love journey and you want to feel more empowered, to feel more confident, to feel more kind to yourself, to integrate the parts of you that you've disowned or pushed away or deemed bad, quote unquote, um, I'm hosting a radical self-love retreat coming up in Mexico on the beach, Puerto Vallarta is where we're going. Um, 2021 and I am enrolling women right now the women who are already signed up are fabulous and amazing this is going to be a life-changing retreat for whoever comes and I can already tell that there's definitely going to be a big aspect of connection and soul tribe that's created so if you're wanting to connect with like-minded people in paradise learn how to up level in the self-love arena and you want to have six days of fun in Mexico with me doing some healing work doing some energy work doing some yoga playing in the ocean, parasailing, um, riding ATVs through the mountains, laying out by the pool, tarot card readings, like all of it, then check it out at kelseyaida.com forward slash retreat. And I hope to see you there. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe In It. Thank you for being here, for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing, and just for joining us every week for these super awesome real, candid, and magical conversations that we love to have with our amazing guests or sometimes without guests. This week, we do have a really awesome guest. Her name is Daniela Arango. I love the saying your last name. It's so fun. And she's a spiritual leadership mentor. And today, we're just going to talk about a bunch of different stuff. Um, no topic is too woo-woo or off-topic today. And it's going to be a really, really fun conversation where we empower you with tips and spiritual goodies that help you to live your best life. So Daniela, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, us too. So I guess I'll kick it off because I always love to know the origin story of our guests. So if you could, Daniela, please go as much into detail as you'd like. Uh, what seems important to know about your spiritual journey, where you started and kind of how you got here? Absolutely. So if we go back to when it comes to my spiritual journey, I feel like we are in a spiritual journey, like since we were born. <laughs> and then, you know, we have like little places or little um, times in our lives where it just becomes this like boom um, point in which we wake up so drastically, you know, but I feel like our whole life is pretty much in a spiritual awakening. And what a beautiful thing to know that we have a lifetime of awakening because I feel like a lot of people that come to work with me they always have this idea of like when is my spiritual awakening or am I going through it or how does it work how do I start it and the thing is is that it started the day you were born <laughs> so I think that's really important to say because there's like this somehow when we talk about spiritual awakenings people are like oh I want that you're on it <laughs> you're on a spiritual awakening since you were born but to say that 
like just to give you a little bit of a background where where mine kind of had this huge catapulting it's i had been in the yoga community for a little bit i had um, been kind of tip dipping my toes into spirituality or into a little bit of this wellness realm and at the time i remember this it was 2017 and i was working in a restaurant i had a, i was a, one of the hostess in a restaurant and at the time i was working all the holidays this was december and i worked all the holidays and i found out or i i was able to get a week i think it was like a week and a half off to go see my family um this was like uh, the holidays were done so this was january and i just went for it i i don't know i had this like idea you know because when it comes to like i feel like we moved we have this life and we see it so limited that at the time for me it was even like can i even take vacations like is that okay i feel like the restaurant my life everything was deciding how i was living my life so just to like give you an idea of where my head was at the time i felt super empowered to be like okay i'm taking a week off and i got it together they gave it to me i'm gonna go and see my family so i'm in this plane super empowered super happy <laughs> because i made this decision and i get in the plane and there is a, a guy sitting next to me and the plane takes off and i'm just looking out the window dreaming and saying you know what um, I feel so free that I, I was able to ask my boss for a week off and to just kind of come and see my family. How fabulous is this? And I'm in this moment when 20 minutes in the flight, the captain comes on and he says, there has been a technical issue and we're going down. It could have been said more nicely <laughs> a little more <laughs> elegantly hundred <laughs> percent yeah. but i guess he got the point across and when you hear that of course you go into shock and you're like did i just hear that right so then i, I looked around and i look at this guy sitting next to me and we're both looking at each other in complete awe what and then all of a sudden this guy and i just nod like yep we probably have 10 minutes to live and in that moment, I looked at the window and I see how rapidly we're descending. I mean, this was instant. So I could feel the pressure, the air pressure down my feet. Like, yeah, a confirmation, it's happening. Was it like a nosedive and, or was it like this, you know, like a flat descend? Yeah, what happens is like- I don't know why tilted. I need to be in this experience right now. Like, I need to Please feel Please do. <laughs> so you tilt down like the the the- the yes, nose the pile down. of this and nose tilts down and you start to descend really rapidly so first of all what happens is like it was not like a belly down you tilt and then you go but when you start to go so fast it's as if they're like let go of the brakes or something so it goes really really fast so and i'm in the window okay and i'm just looking at this feeling the pressure people are freaking out and and then the flight attendants you look at the flight attendants and you're like are we for real and then they're just like they're half panic faces, which is also not professional. At That's all. what I'm Okay, so you always have to look to the stewardess to see how she's reacting. Like I feel like everybody just knows this. Like let me look at the person who's supposed to be in charge and see how they're acting, right? And if they're panicking, oh my goodness! Where, okay, you so look at their faces. Like to and from. It was from it was where? From 
I was living in LA at the time. Okay. And I were going to North, I was going to North Carolina. So this wasn't even like a small, no. this is a big plane, probably a big airline, something that you would never expect a pilot to be like, um, we're going down. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Keep going. I, I, I can't get enough of the story. Keep going. What I got to know though, is that this happens a lot. Which probably, I'm sorry for the listeners who are listening to this. <laughs> and maybe like, I'm sorry for reading. Flying. Like, I'm already afraid, and now you're saying this is common. I'm never getting on a plane. <laughs> it is more common than we think it is. And I, I'll tell you a little bit of the end of the story how I was like so mad that it was not on the news. I was like, how am I not on the news? <laughs> but apparently, it doesn't get to the news because when it happens, they cover it. So, anyway, I'm there and we're going down and I see the flight attendants and the thing is you see that they're freaking out because they're like, their face is like no emotion. They're just like almost pale and there is just no emotion on their face. And then you're like, okay, you are scared for sure. (laughs) So the thing about this is I looked back at this guy and we just continue to nod. So I just look in front of me to the seat that I have in front of me, like the back of the seat. And I was like, okay, And you kind of, what happens is that you go into your own bubble. Like after you see the panic, whatever, and then there's like, you go into your own bubble. You're like, okay, I'm in shock. But then after shock, you're like, I have eight minutes to live, probably seven. So then you start to go and I was, and I just started to play my life. I was 25 at the time. I was living in LA. I had this restaurant job that I continue to say was not my end game, but I was there for four years. I had, I barely was going all the way into the yoga. So I was like dipping my toes into some of the trainings, not really daring to teach. Um, I mean, I had made some bold decisions, but not really. I mean, this was my bold decision to get on this plane to go see my family. Like how big is that anyway? Um, So I was playing it really small and I, I just knew, I was like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? But then afterwards you come into like after you play that out and you have this regret you come into acceptance and you say all right five minutes to go so then after that i remember this peace of this love like the love that everybody talked this oneness love of unconditional it doesn't matter what you did it doesn't matter who like it doesn't like you it doesn't matter you did your best you're okay you're probably going to have another opportunity in another life. <laughs> it's okay. But this, there was this beautiful acceptance of like, you know what? We don't, we don't need anything really more than the experience of life. So this oneness, and I saw like every single soul in that plane, in that moment of acceptance, like everybody's like aura. It started to like lift of their seat. And I was like, we are one soul in this huge plane with, over a hundred people in it. It was so beautiful that I was just like, whoa, this is amazing. And I'm telling you, all of this happened. I mean, we were on the ground in less than 10 minutes, probably. So all happened and it feels like eternity, but you are just like going so fast. So in this moment where you have this acceptance and this internal peace, I made a promise. And I said, okay. I'm going to make this promise to myself and to the universe. 
And to get to that promise, the thing about that promise is like, you, your listeners probably don't know who I am, but I sense that plane. I am a spiritual leadership mentor. I have created a six-figure business. I have created containers for women to become all that they're meant to be. I, I daily wake up to empower women and to be the mirror of the people and what they're forgotten. And I live in Sweden, as I was telling you guys before we started, with the love of my life who I met in LA and then I moved here. And I have a life right now that sometimes to me, it's like, wow, what a blessing. And I've created all of this, but because at that time, if you would have told me this is, was gonna be my life in four years, I would not have been able to look to see it, even to have that kind of vision. Because like I told you at the time, I was settling for a job that I didn't like. I was expecting for everybody to fix my problems. I was hoping that my family would somehow gift me to do some of the stuff that I wanted to do. I was waiting to have approval from somebody that was good enough so I could finally start teaching. I was just pushing all this voice that, I, that continued to tell me, do more, be more, ask more, just down. The problem is, is like from the outside, everybody looks at us or even looked at me and I'm a very positive, super spontaneous person. So from the outside, it looked like I was okay. It looked like, you know, she has a pretty good life and she's happy. But from the inside, you know that you're like, kind of like muting your soul. And that kind of crushes it a little bit more every day. So I knew that I was meant for more. And at the time I was in that window, I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't knew that I was meant for more. So that's when I was in this emergency landing saying, okay, this is the promise that I was going to make, that I'm going to make for myself because I don't know what's going to happen in the next four minutes. We can explode. Nobody was saying anything. I don't know what's going to happen in the, next, in the next four minutes. So the promise is, I have a calling. I know we're more than what we think we are. I know I can and I will. And so in that moment, I closed my eyes. <laughs> closed my eyes. And the only thing that was said was, we're about to land. But what does that mean? We're about to explode? Were we about to, like, what, what does that mean? And the only thing you know, you just tied up your belt, you close your eyes, and you're like, I surrender. We landed. I'm in shock. I don't know what's going on. The moment we landed, they're like, we got to get out of the plane as fast as possible. We got to evacuate the plane. Craziness. People are, you know, I think everybody's like not even freaking out. You're just in shock. Getting out of the plane as fast as possible. So the whole idea is like, I've made it. I'm here. It was a horrible experience. I got to know that it happens more often than I thought it did or that I hope <laughs> that, it, that it does. And after that plane, I just, I went for it. I took messy, inspired action. I had no idea where to begin, what to do. But the thing is, is when you say I'm in, the, 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 the things appear. Like the yoga trainings, the shamans, the healers, the trips, the opportunities, the containers, the trainings, everything just started to appear in front of me. And it was up to me whether I said yes or no. So those of you who know Lindsay and I know that we definitely take our mindfulness practice very seriously and 
very regularly we're meditating or doing some sort of visualization or breathing exercises because obviously that's a great way to raise your vibration. And we've tried some meditation apps and stuff, but they're not that great. Um, we thought that we needed something better and something more. So we tried New Calm and you guys, it is awesome. It's a really, really cool way to up level your meditation practice. Newcom gets you into a deep transcendental meditative state every time. No matter if you're just starting your mindfulness practice or you have been practicing for years, Newcom will allow you to make the most out of your mindfulness sessions. Newcom is one of the only systems of its kind clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, boost your recovery without drugs or side effects. The Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive and non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription that costs less than a daily cup of coffee. I personally love that you can use it almost any time during the day. I've used it a couple times, once in the morning when I felt like I didn't get enough sleep the night before, and I, I used it again in the afternoon in that like afternoon slump when you feel your energy completely drained. I know I do. It's great to use that time. Uh, to do new calm as well because it kind of boosts you it recovers you it just feels great and I'm seeing very 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 good benefits already um, so do what I did own the day with new calm we have a special link set up specifically for our listeners so if you go to vibinnewcalm.com get 50% off your 30-day subscription of new calm and their money-back guarantee that's vibinnewcalm.com yeah. So I think what happens sometimes is like, I hope that it doesn't take people a near death experience to say, Hey, just say yes. Just well, like, and that's, your thing. <laughs> yeah. It's two, one thing that came up that I really want to say is like, it's amazing how many times a near death experience is actually a rebirth experience. And which it sounds like it was for you. And it brings me back to my own rebirth experience when I didn't almost die, but I had a baby and I was like, what the heck am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, yeah. I was set to be married, but I wasn't loving my job. I wasn't, you know, I was kind of half in, half out. We were, I was living half in, half out. I was living just okay. And so I really had to be like, what do I want to do? And again, had no idea what to do. But once you decide, it's almost like once you decide, the universe is like, all right, it's go time. Like, let's show her what's possible. And I think that's, that's so the thing. I feel like the universe is like, you've got to take the step first. Yeah. Like, we'll follow you. We're backing you up. We're with you since the moment you're born. But if you don't take the step first, it's like, I don't know why this is coming, this analogy, but it's like when you, when you have an addiction problem and you need to go, you know, to an AAA or something meeting they won't take you until you say, I'm here. Yeah. And is it literally how it works? Like the universe won't, it's so much that it can do until you take your own first step. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love it. Dang, I'm just processing this story. <laughs> where did you I land? I have to know, where did you time. land? Yeah, how did oh. you guys land? <laughs> so we landed in the middle of nowhere in the smallest airport that was not meant, is not meant for commercial flights. So the smallest little thing in the middle of nowhere, I don't even know what the name of it. And you know what the thing is, we're out 
And of course there's nurses, there's people, you know, to, cause a lot of people were having a panic attacks and anxiety mm-hmm. attacks and, you know, all these things. So everybody's getting checked with the nurses and everything. And the thing is, is that they're like, Oh, um, by the way, you're going to be here for a little while until we send another plane to pick you up. I'm like, I can't oh believe I'm getting like gosh. another plane. <laughs> like, I can't believe this happening. So I have a, I have a cousin of mine that he's a pilot. So the first call was him. Um, I was like, Hey, this just happened. Is this okay? Am I okay? What's going on? And then he was saying, you know, it happens a lot sometimes. Like it's 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 more normal than people think. Um, and of course, the airlines don't like to be, you know, kind of a right. common thing. So it usually doesn't make the media or anything like that. And he's like, you know, it's like maybe we don't know what kind of technical error could have gone wrong. And the thing is, like, the pilots don't say much because they probably don't even know what's really happening. Like they don't know, if, like, you know, most of the times they don't, they can't really give too much information because they're trying to figure out how to land this thing. So anyway, Oof. you thought you were going to die. Oh, literally, <laughs> literally. <crazy. laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. And let's say in the best scenario, okay, you were never actually in danger and he knew exactly what he was doing, but who cares? Because everyone on that plane had that belief that like my time is up and it just because of, you know, he could have said one extra sentence to put everyone at ease. But the fact that like you thought you were going to die makes it true and makes it real and makes it that much more like impactful for you, like to figure this stuff out. And that's, you that's, did a hell of a job, girl. <laughs> thank you. I think that's the thing is like, I landed, I was calling my, my, my cousin and then I was calling my family who we were going to reunite. They picked me up at the airport. And the thing is like, nobody really gets it. I'm like, right. you don't understand. I, you don't understand. Like I, I, I was just reborn. Like they just give me my life back. And I, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what's going on. So yeah. the thing is though, is that it is a very traumatic experience. So that happened in January and I found myself in Bali for three months in the summer. And I was in a, in a intensive advanced yoga teacher training. And in that yoga teacher training, I've never, I think I've talk, talked about this in public. We had, uh, one of the things that we were going through was that we needed to do, uh, we were guided through a near death um, or a death meditation. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Mm-hmm. So in this death meditation, it was such a weird moment because for everybody, you know, people are crying. People are like, whoa, you know, having these experiences. And I'm there like numbed. I'm like, I know exactly what it feels. And I know when it feels when it's, when it's real. And like, you guys have no idea. I was actually mm-hmm. like mad about the whole idea. And I was numbed. And I was like, I've been through this. I don't want to talk about it. Like, you have no idea what I went through. Nobody understands. And I don't even want to say. So I didn't share my story for the longest Mm. because I was like, nobody's going to get it. Yeah. But then after that training, I remember talking to my teacher and he was telling me feedback about my yoga classes. And after the near-death experience, we had talked and I told him, well, it didn't do anything for me because I know what it is and it's worse than this. So I don't, you know, I'm not interested And then we had, I remember that I had this practice where I needed to teach to them so they can review my teachings. And in our conversation, he was saying, you know, you still think that you're about to die. And I was like, no, I don't. And he's like, yes, you do, honey, because you're going really, really, really fast. And you think that you have no time for anything because you've got to make it. So I think at that point, I realized that I was just like, 
thinking that I was still going to die. Well, and I think because it was so unexpected in that moment too, like it could happen anytime. Like this could, yes, I could go anytime. And it really hits home that like we, our time is limited. And maybe in your mind, you just kind of, you just went hard because our time is not guaranteed. No. and, And the thing is, I think there has to be a balance between, between like your time is precious but also you don't need to like burn yourself out just because you, what you do get to do. And this is what I understood after the yoga training is every minute is precious, but not in a forced, uh, disempowered masculine way, but in a more of like, wow, thank you. This is beautiful. Let me do the best that I can every single moment in love. Yeah. I think it's so, uh, difficult in moments to find that balance, but so important because Mm -hmm. especially a lot of sensitive people who have anxiety, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this do, they're always like, oh my God, I don't have enough time. I'm running out of time. I'm trying to to do the best with the time that I have. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Like I only have this one shot. Like I got to get it right. And there's all this pressure, pressure, pressure. And they're just speeding through life. But um, Something that really helps me is to just shift my perspective to like my eternal soul perspective and be like, well, from this perspective, all I have is time. That's, that's all there is just time. I'm going to have time in this lifetime, probably another one, probably some time where I'm not in a body. Like all I have is time. So how do I want to spend it in ways that are pleasurable and empowering and juicy for me? So yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's yeah. a struggle. <laughs> like, what if we just take time away? Yeah. yeah. Then, then we're just being, because I think, so the, the thing about my story, it's again, I don't want to like rush you and push you into doing anything. What I do want to do is that we, we numb ourselves and we're like, as Lindsay was saying, one foot in, one foot out. And we're just kind of surviving, just mm. doing our thing. So the thing is, is like, this is precious and this is your time. And if you're expecting for things to move, for things to change, if you're the victim of like all of this and this, all this is happening to you, the awakening in, in the, the moral of the story really is, is this is your life. Do what you want and whatever that looks like for you, the universe is going to help you when you move and as you move. But wake up. Yeah. (laughs) Wake up. Yeah. And if you don't know what you want to do, like you at least know a direction or a feeling or what you don't Mm -hmm. want. You know, there's always nuggets and tidbits and the more life experience you have, the more clarity you gain. But if you can just decide something as simple as, okay, I want to be of service. That could look like being a nurse. That could look like being a mom. That could look like volunteering. That could look like a career. That could look like one area of your life where you do a certain activity. Mm -hmm. Like there's no rules or boundaries or regulations here. And what I always try to teach too to people is like, it's your life. Like you don't have to live it bound to the constraints of what society says. Oh, this is the road of success or this is how we do it or this is how it's been done forever or this is your family lineage. Like do what you want. And if there's stuff in the way that's stopping you from doing what you want, those are opportunities for you to do maybe more healing, a little more clarity work, um, 
like more boundaries, more preferences. I mean, there's lots of different ways to navigate stuck points, but it's like your job is only to decide a direction. And from there, like you'll be supported. I have something to say about like the idea of being stuck and this idea of like, I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do. The thing is we do know. Yes, girl. We do know, know. but we are scared, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, what if it doesn't work out? Uh, Or we do know, but like, what would people going to say? Like, we're, we're just comfortable and we don't want to come out of our comfort zone because what if it doesn't work? What if we look like an idiot? What if it's silly? What if it, you know, all these things. But what I do want to say on that is you do know something something mm-hmm. as small as it looks like you do know things like something that sparks any joy in your physical yes. body and after my experience when I said I started to work with these healers and I started to go through the, like I had no idea what my next step was I just said yes and then after I started doing that is when I started to and maybe some of you who are listening also I've experienced this before. I started to become more conscious of energies. I started to wake up to the idea that like, huh, I may have some like psychic abilities because I'm like understanding how people work and like mirroring each other's like emotions and starting to tap into um, imagery and like intuition and all this like magical stuff that I, I, ha- I hadn't allowed myself. I knew from the very beginning because um, when I was a kid, I have an, I had an, what well, I do have an aunt that is a medium and I loved talking to her and I loved all the magical, crazy, um, realm, but I blocked it because of what society said. I blocked it because of what my family thought of her. I blocked it because I didn't want to be seen as crazy. So the thing is, we do know we're just it's easier to say I'm a stuck. It's really, really easy. And so, yes. And that also, again, reminds me of when I uh, was thinking about what I wanted to do. The first question I asked, what do I like? What, you know, what do I, what, what inspires me? What makes me feel happy? And the first thing that came up, I, I'm completely serious. The first thing that came up was like, well, I've always wanted to do hypnotherapy and past life progressions and spiritual stuff and like subconscious. And immediately almost my brain went, uh, wait a minute though, that's not safe. Hold on. You got to do something safe. You need to know where your money's coming from. That's for other people. I literally in my head said that's for other people to do. And I go, and I, for the first time I pushed back a little and I was like, but wait, why I can't give me a better reason because everyone who's ever been good at anything had to ask the same questions and had to figure out what made them happy. And so I 100% agree with you and Kelsey, because Kelsey said almost the same thing where like, you will find breadcrumbs. The breadcrumbs are what makes you happy. What inspires you? What makes you feel genuinely, authentically you? We came here with it. Okay. So just explore. And it's really fun exploring that. It's really fun to figure that out if you allow it, you know? So um, yeah, it, it's, it's really funny. If I can do it, you guys can do it. If Danielle can, if Daniela can do it, you can do it. Just ask the questions. We always say that ask more questions. It's fun. And it's easier when you take the pressure off, like, yeah, I need to know my purpose. Like what's my next step? Like pressure, 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 like rushing and pressure is only going to keep you, I feel like stuck longer because you're just introducing unnecessary resistance into the mix. And you're doing that because parts of you are trying to motivate you to figure it out faster, but it just doesn't work. 
Like it just does not work. How about I get to? (laughs) Right. Like this is an opportunity for play. You get to taste these different avenues. You get to go down different timelines in your mind to be like, ooh, that feels good or that doesn't or whatever. And this is really like you have endless opportunities to recreate yourself and recreate your life. Thank you for that too. Because I think a lot of us get stuck in like, once I figure it out, that's it, right? You get to change your mind. You get to decide if you loved it one day and then the next day you don't. It's okay to do that and you get to do that. I think all three of us and hopefully some listeners would be completely fine if tomorrow I found a new passion that I loved. I would be be great exploring that and knowing that I could change my mind and knowing that it will all work out because I'm – doing the very, very minimum, which is following my joy. And that's really all the universe wants. I mean, that's just my view, but. (laughs) Yeah. And you can find so much relief in the thought of, I can always change my mind. I can always switch directions. That's so empowering because that's true. And I think why we get stuck in that mentality of like, I got to pick the one thing and then ride it out the rest of my life is kind of like that. I feel like it's instilled from like, middle school, like high school, college time where they're like, okay, what are you going to study? And that's going to be like your career forever and ever. Like I didn't even go to college. Right. (laughs) You definitely don't need to, to live a super awesome, juicy, fabulous, successful life. You just have to follow what feels good and work through the fear of doing different stuff. I ask my kids what they want to be when they grow up. I swear to you, they say five different things. And I'm like, you know what? you do those five things. (laughs) You would be great at all five of those things. You want to be a YouTuber and a trash man? You go, you do it. Live your life. Trash man. That's cute. They love the garbage man. I don't know why. I think all little boys just love the garbage. They love the truck. They love when it picks up. I don't know. I don't get it, but they want to be garbage men. I think at that point, as you guys are saying, like once you once you are following those breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. that's when I think we should disconnect from time. That's yes. when I think time, it's like, get it out of the equation. Get it out of the equation and know that as long as you're firing your you're you're following your breadcrumbs, you're good. Like disconnect from time, disconnect when things need to happen, why they need to happen, just do it because then it's going to be a life well lived. It's going to be a life that is reflecting who you truly want to become and remember who you are because it's a remembering. It's, it's, we're walking into this spiritual awakening that is our whole life. Our whole life is the spiritual awakening. Our whole life, it's remembering what we already are. But if we lived every single day of those lives, in that purpose, that's already the purpose. And that's beautiful. So yeah. disconnect from time. I think that's when, when that should be in place. Yes. I love that. I really, really like that. And there's this Abraham Hicks story that, you know, they talk about going on a hike or like going on a sightseeing tour. Like you're not during the tour, you're not constantly like, okay, is it over? Okay. Am I done? Is this the, like focused on the destination of the end? You are enjoying the sights. You're literally like taking the tour and I think that's what we come here for. We don't come here for the end. We don't come here for the last page of the book. You know what I mean? We're, we're the book. Enjoy every single page. And I love that if you disconnect from the concept of like a deadline or a, or a finish line or a time limit of some kind, it can make it that much more, the journey that much more enjoyable, which is, that's the whole point. What are we here for? If not that. <laughs> Absolutely agree. We want to take a moment to introduce you to another one of our awesome sponsors, BetterHelp, which is a platform that connects you online to therapists and counselors who are certified, trained, professional, 
awesome human beings who can help you to achieve more happiness or help you get unstuck, help you with your anxiety, your depression, whatever it is that you feel like you need support with in your life. There are therapists on BetterHelp who probably specialize in supporting people in this way. It's really cool because you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Um, they have a broad range of experts available, which is really cool because even if there's not someone locally available that specializes in what you need, chances are there's someone on BetterHelp who can help you. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send messages back and forth to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional talk therapy. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. It's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that it makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. So if you guys want to connect with this service, we highly, highly recommend it. If you want to go to betterhelp.com slash vibin, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash B-I-B-I-N, you guys get 10% off your first month. Great resource, great thing to know about. Go check it out. Also, if this isn't explicit enough yet, I feel like oh, the girl. general sense she's ramping up what's going on <laughs> is that this episode right now, this period in time, you can consider this your plane crash, your wake up call, your permission to do the thing. Like if you ever needed permission from you, you can consider Kelsey Aida, another part of you. I'm giving you permission right now. We're all three of us like encouraging you and cheerleading you on to like, make the choice, do the thing. Like you can do it. And you know what? I'm kind of disappointed there wasn't an F-bomb in there. I feel like there should have been. <laughs> it was very passionate, but no cuss words that time. What should I no be like? Cuss this is reminding me of that Shia LaBeouf video, like just do it like the <laughs> the manifestor's way of life. just fucking do it <laughs> i love it just so, fucking decide okay yeah, this is your permission slip don't wait another day and just do it in the famous words of shia labeouf <laughs> or even just ask the question what would it look like to just start what would it look like what would the first step be you know yeah you don't That's do what, it all at once you do it in increments you do it in phases you do it in steps yeah for me it was make the call well google let's google first then we make the call and then maybe we show up for an appointment and see what it's like to do the tour and then i was just like all right i'm doing this you know so if it's a google for you google that shit if it's a phone call make the call if it's research do the research but you don't want to get stuck in the research because that's a huge you know that's a pit we don't want to research over research and over research at some point you want to take action I agree what did it look like for you Daniela to take the first step for me it was that um I was playing really safe I was always making sure that I knew what was coming what could have happened what could not happened um so for me I think the first one the first thing that was is like somebody something came that I wanted to do I wanted to do this uh, yoga training it was a weekend training and it was about anatomy and I wanted, I, I just feel like I just want to be there. And of course I didn't have the money at the time. Um, I was so broke. So then, so then I was like, okay, well, but I do have a credit card. So there you go. But before I would have been like, no, I can't do that because of this, because of that. I'm a gamble. Like I can invest in myself. 
Um, and then I probably would have, you know, gone and bought a bag <laughs> with that credit card because, you know, that's safer because that still means that I, am, I need to play, you know, I'm okay to play with what I'm playing in the field that I'm playing. But I just went for it. I did it. And then another one came up and I was like, I'm, I'm down on it. And then the next thing was I quit my job, which I never thought I was going to do. And then I quit. And then the next thing was that this, from one of the trainings, another training in Bali came up and I said, I'm going to make it happen. And I made it happen. And I was in Bali because I realized, I, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that Bali was like super expensive because it's the thing that we do with our minds. We make everything overcomplicated and overconfused so that we separate ourselves from the possibility of it happening. It's like, yeah, no, Bali's for rich people. Bali's for other people. Like you were saying, Lindsay, that's for other people to do. Like, not for me. Why not? So luckily I had really good friends and a photographer friend of mine who just had gone to Bali told me, Bali's super cheap. Like, what are you talking about? Have you even done the research? And I was like, well, no. <laughs> You're like, no, but I already talked myself out of it conveniently yes. <laughs> without doing any research. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So then after that, you know, a day after I was booked for Bali for, you know, for a couple of months and, and that's how it started to happen. And then I remember entering, and this is another thing, by the way, I booked this trip. I was, you know, had this whole thing booked. The training was paid for. I walked in the training the first day with my little yoga, yoga mat and my water bottle and, you know, looking all, all set up. And then I'm walking there and we're like 10 minutes into the class because we started with a class. I had never had a class from this teacher, but I read his book and I thought it was mind blowing. Like he really did so much for me. And I, I have to say his name is Les Leventhal and he has this book that says that's called One Lifetime two lifestyles. So it's like living one lifetime with two lifestyles. It's really, really deep and amazing. So that's what got me into his trainings. And then I walk in there and then the first 10 minutes of this class, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? I hate this. I shouldn't even do this. I spent all this money. Oh my God. I quit my job. Oh my God. What am I, what am I thinking for the love of God? Oh my God. I just panicked. <laughs> That's amazing. But the thing, we do this, you know, because there, there's this quote that says, the minute you, like every step of the way, fear is there to meet you. Every step of the way, fear is going to say, hey there. And every time you've got to say, hey, I'm continuing on second step. So when we look at people that are very successful and we look at people that they look like they've had it pretty successfully, that they have this kind of understanding of the mission or their purpose in life. And we think that they just have it really easily. We think like, oh yeah, but I mean, it probably makes sense for them. It probably works out for them. But no, every step that I've taken, I'm always like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, and then I remember that first night going back to my hotel, like, what am I doing? I don't know, but you know what? Let's go to class tomorrow and see how it goes. And he's been the best thing that I've ever done, but it continues to happen every step of the way. Like when I'm about to open a container that, you know, helps so many women has changed so many lives. Every time I'm about to open a container, I'm like, oh, uh -oh. <laughs> what if it doesn't work? 
But the other side of that coin is like, but what if it works? And we make a difference and we live a better life and we, if anything, can tell a better story. Right. Well, that's the best case scenario, right? If it works, if it works, all this cool stuff is happening, but there's not really a downside because if we, if it doesn't work, let's say quote, huge quotes, if it doesn't work, then we perceive that as a failure, but failure is a must in any success. If you quit, then you failed. If you keep going, it's just a process. If you open a container, I love that metaphor and it like explodes in your face okay, well, I learned, what did I learn? I learned something, something happened. There's a reason that happened that way. Um, and it's me, happened by the way. Right. And let's take it on to the next, let's try something new and take it, take those lessons on. It's never, exactly. you know, I think we need to reframe what failure really means <laughs> because it's not, it's, it's, it's a completely necessary part of each and every success story. Um, I think there's like, it's the choice of perspective. Yeah. So however yeah, you, you decide to look at it, every time something hasn't worked for me, I always say, hmm, it was definitely not meant to happen that yeah. way. And this is what I've learned. So let's try it a different way that it's probably better for me and my soul. Mm-hmm. And how many times, you know, this is a rhetoric question, but how many times does it work out so much better than you even could have imagined? Because you were, it didn't work out the way you thought you wanted it it just worked out a million times better. And I can look back on my life at so many times it's worked out. But at the time I was like, oh shit, well that sucked. It did not happen the way I wanted. And I was so attached to my version of the outcome that I couldn't see how much better it could be. And it's a work in progress. I don't think anyone's perfect at it, but that's the fun in it. <laughs> you get to practice a lot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I want to go back and touch on the speculation piece because the mind, it always speculates, right? Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? This could happen. That could happen. And it's like, it takes, I think, a lot more energy to speculate all the bad things are going to happen than potentially awesome outcomes. I think those are easier to speculate. Like, it it causes less, um, like, energy waste, I feel like, on our part. But then it's like, if you're going to speculate, you've got to do it fairly. And if you're going to speculate the negative, you have to also speculate the positive and entertain those results too, because they're both equally possible. So for you to just only use your anxiety to create and speculate the bad things, that's mm-hmm. not really fair. you got to have a little balance, guys, and also <laughs> speculate in the opposite direction be like, well, also this could happen or this could happen or how yeah. cool if this happened or if this was meant to be like this for this reason, you know, I, th- I think it's fun to do that. So, so fun. So absolutely fun. agree. Which is why we don't yes. do it. Daniela, I want to ask you about your relationship with fear and some tips on working with it, because I think it's so important to cultivate a loving relationship with your fear in order to be successful. Because I feel like a lot of people teach, oh, just overcome it, like just kick it to the curb, like we don't need that. And it's like, it's a part of you. So making any part of you an enemy, it doesn't help. So how do you caretake your moments of fear um, when you're just are scared? Yeah. Um, I think personally for me, 
I use fear as a way of like understanding how I'm navigating life. So if I'm, like I said, when I was living back in LA and I had this just restaurant job and things like that, I was afraid to almost like nothing. The only thing that I was really afraid of, it was like to do the thing. That was what was really afraid. So I feel like we can see our fear as a kind of like as a, like a measurement of like how are we living our lives? Because I don't think that we're meant to live without fear. I don't think that we're meant to live just so comfortably that there is nothing that we are like not, right. not scared of. So once we understand, oh, I'm meant to live with it. Like I'm, I'm meant to use it as a measurement of how bravely I am being or how, you know, wildly amazing I am making the choices at. So I feel like, for example, just putting the perspective of back then, you know, when I was like, oh, it was, it was scary for me to ask my boss at the restaurant to give, give me that week. Um, I don't know why it was so scary, but it was really scary for me to ask for that because, and I knew why. It's because what if he doesn't give it to me? So the thing is like, we can look at our fears to see what, 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 what is it really telling me? what is it really telling me? Like when I was in Bali and this thing came up and I started to panic because I was in Bali because I had to spend all this money because I was on this path. Again, what is fear telling me? Is it telling me that I'm on the right path? Because most of the time it is. Because we use, we use fear or fear is a thing, is a human emotion that is supposed to protect us. But there's so little that we need to protect it from nowadays. Like what is it really danger? I mean, fear of being in a plane and you're about to die. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, valid. That's a very appropriate time to be scared. Valid. But fear of asking your boss whether you can have a vacation with your family or not. That's a different kind of fear. So I think if you understand that it's a measurement and that is probably telling you whether you're living your life on purpose, on on button or not, then that's a different way of looking at it. Yes. I really like that perspective because I feel like we assume, oh, if I'm scared, that means it's not the right thing. Or if I'm scared, something's wrong. Or if I'm scared, that means I shouldn't be scared. Like if you're scared, you're just scared. Like you don't have to make meanings about it. That's where you cause like extra suffering and confusion. But if you just say, oh, I'm just scared. And you just sit with your fear and you're just like, caretake it like a little baby, like, hey, it's going to be okay. It's okay. <laughs> and I actually do that. I, I yeah. literally do that. There was a part of my programs where we teach about um, shadow work and uh, childhood um, nourishment. So that's what I do. Like I take my little girl and I say, hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Of course, you're scared because we are hiring a team, we are having a designer, we are growing a company, we are holding a space for people, we're growing, whatever it is. We're going for the life that we always wanted. So I always have that kind of relationship with my, um, with my child or my, my younger self because, you know, it's just an illusion. It's so important to, to have a good relationship with your inner child or at least acknowledge him or her because number one, it's, it's healing, right? We're, when we heal the inner child, we're, we're, of course, we're just healing ourselves. But on the other hand, too, tell me you don't feel braver when you're trying to take care of a child. <laughs> like when you're, when you're speaking and having this relationship with a child, it makes you braver. Because there's, even if it's in your mind, there's something about being the caretaker, being the person that you always needed, being, being that for, for your inner child, 
makes you stand on your own two feet and feel maybe, maybe a little less afraid because when I'm doing that, it definitely does. I mean, with my real kids, yeah, obviously, whatever. But with my inner child, too. <laughs> I'm always so blase about my real kids. I love them dearly. They're just so great. But inner child, too, like when I'm, when I'm having, you know, a moment with my inner child and, and entering that role of like being the person that you always needed as a kid, it does something about it just makes me like, mm, I got this. I can do this. I mean, I got this kid to take care of. I got to do this, <laughs> you know, on yeah. some level, it's like an energetic parental, you know, caretaker is a great word for it, but it does. It has a weird effect. That's really empowering. Totally agree. Yes. Okay. So one, I'm really excited for this episode to air because clairvoyantly, I was seeing like this image of lots of people listening to this on one timeline, but then because of this specific episode, they pivot. So I'm seeing like in my mind, almost like a city, like from an aerial view and like people are going down this road, but then they're like, actually, I'm going to turn right. Actually, yes. I'm going to go left. Actually, I'm going to go back and then turn left or whatever it is. So I'm like seeing that happen for a lot of people like ding, 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 ding. Like it's all lighting up. So that's so cool. Um, I want to continue this conversation over on the Patreon. Daniela, before we wrap this up, can you let everyone know how they can work with you, where to find you, what you've got going on and all that goodness? Of course. So I work on three levels and those three levels are spiritual clarity and it's, you know, spiritual awakening, personal empowerment and energetic magic, which is intuition, you know, psychic abilities and energetic work, matrix, quantum field, all of that. And we work on soul abundance, which is manifestation and manifesting in the quantum realm. So the best way to work with me or the best way to even enter my world, I say this for anybody that I think they should take it, it's an intuition class that I have for free. So this intuition class is really like, I call it like intuition class for dummies, kind (laughs) of, but it's like intuition one-on-one for like to really bring it down to like just the ground rules of intuition. How does it actually work? Because I feel like there's just so much out there and like sometimes it's too advanced or sometimes it's too like broad and untangible. So this is a free class that I have for anybody that is interested in intuition and that is interested to start to listen to their inner guide and their inner soul and their inner path that just come and come and take it, see how it feels, change your life, do your thing, be amazing. And um, so I'm going to give you guys a link and you can put it on the show notes if you like. And the other way to find me is through Instagram. So my name on Instagram is I am Daniela Arango and I'm always there. So come and say hi. Yay. Thank you for giving everyone those resources. Everyone go follow her, check out her stuff, work with her if you feel inspired to do so. And if you're one of the people that I was seeing in my vision, you better reach out to us and be like, that episode changed my life. I'm finally doing the thing because we want to hear all your guys' success (laughs) stories. We love it. We will see you guys next week. Lindsay, do you have anything that needs to be announced before we wrap it up? Oh, yes, actually. Oh my gosh. You just, how did you know, Kels? I just knew. Okay. So I'm announcing it. Technically, it'll already be going by the time this airs, but Black Friday tomorrow, like this week, starting tomorrow for Black Friday week, I'm having like a huge launch of a membership. So people get access to like my whole library of stuff and like courses that I don't offer anywhere else and stuff. So it's already like ready to go. So if you guys are interested, just go, I don't even know where it's going to be. Probably the links in my bio on Instagram or my website, but 
you could send me a DM and ask me because right now not all the pieces are put in, but this is a week in advance. So we'll see how it I'll goes. I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> By the time this airs, it'll be Monday. You're saying oh, it's going to go live Friday, right? Yeah. So, so like a, a couple days. days after. Okay, cool. So yeah. I'll link it in the show notes. If not, go to Lindsay's Instagram, message her, reach out, get in on that. And Woo. we love you guys. We're going to hop over to the Patreon for a couple minutes. If you're like, what the heck is Patreon? That's where we have extended episodes for you guys every week bonus content, free goodies, um, awesome community. So you can check and it out. And we say at- stuff in the Patreon that I don't want anyone else to know about. Like I say stuff in the Patreon that my family can't hear. If you want to <laughs> know our secrets, just join the so. Patreon. Oh, and what I wanted to mention is we're doing a vision board party yes. sometime like in the very beginning of the year for our Patreon people. So anyone who's on the Patreon, any tier, they get to join in on the Zoom party and it's going to be really fun. So other join thing. up. Until then, you there. we'll talk to you guys next week. Adios. Thanks for listening. We hope you love this episode. If you love High Vibe in it, become a part of our Patreon family. You can support the show, see the extended version of this episode, get bonus content, and access exclusive discounts. Head over to patreon.com slash highvibe to join. We have tons of perks waiting there for you, and we're always hanging out in there, so we hope to see you inside. Please feel free to share the show and help us spread the high vibes far and wide. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you feel inspired to leave a review, we always appreciate it. See you next week.